Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. Welcome to the Invested Podcast. We are back with and getting healthy podcasting partner over there i'm looking at her and she's looking really good excited slow 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 but i i am seeing uh for everybody tuning in i had covid and uh it's been three months and i'm not better i mean i am better i'm not well but um definitely seeing improvements which is so great so we were just saying beforehand we need to celebrate the wins and the wins are tiny and <laughs> exciting. And Nuno and I are trying to get her to not overexert and right and kick it back. Boy, it's really easy to do that. So I'm so glad you're feeling better, honey. Can podcast. So let's go podcast. Let's talk about <clears throat> how to be better investors. And today, what are we discussing in terms of that very theme of Warren Buffett style investing. What are we doing? Well, we had talked last time about going over the 13F filings of our favorite, what do you call them? Super investors? Guru investors? Yeah, guru investors. Um, Our favorite investors. So actually what I'd love to do before we talk particularly about companies that they're buying and selling well, first, do you want to say what 13Fs are really, really quickly for everybody who didn't listen the last time? Well, first, you can tell them that. But first, I want to tell everybody why this is part of our investing strategy. In fact, this is a okay. really major part. So many preludes. Let's go through them. Oh, the, the big thing is that <laughs> that we like to clone. We, we like to take advantage of the fact that you can clone a really good investor. That is, you find somebody who really knows their stuff, who invests properly, and then watch what they do. And there's a, there's a way to do that. But even prior to the SEC making it more available for the little guy to look at what you know really successful, really big investors are doing, um, this idea of cloning goes all the way back to when Warren Buffett first started with Ben Graham and began cloning Ben Graham's investing. And then we've heard from Manesh Prabhai, who is very public with the idea that he's an inveterate cloner. Um, we've got th- just so many Lee examples. Lou has talked about it a bunch. Yeah. And then there are so many just people in the news. I mean, there. I, I remember this lady named Gladys Holmes, who was a secretary in Chicago. And when she was 80 years old, she hired the Northwestern University Marching Band to play, to come through the streets of Chicago what, so she could ride in a convertible and they played happy birthday to her and had a parade for her because she donated $18 million to the children's hospital. She was a secretary. <laughs> she never made more than $18,000 a year. And she was a secretary. And she just cloned her boss. Her boss was a really good investor and she cloned him. And by the way, if you remember the the movie, um, I want to say Bewitched, but that isn't it. It was... Uh, 
oh, this girl whose dad's a chauffeur and she grows up above the garage. Oh, Sabrina. Sabrina. And her father became wealthy cloning the guy he was driving. You remember that? I do, yeah. Yeah, so the, <laughs> it's a deep it's a deep well of cloning that's gone on out there. And um, I have to say, it's one of the greatest advantages of a small investor. And the, the vast majority of investors, first, don't even know you can do it. And second, even if they know, they don't do it. I agree. I agree. I think those two components are key because obviously if you have access to somebody who's a great investor and all you have to do is listen to what they're buying and selling and copy them, then that is a easy as pie way to go unless they're wrong, which is a whole separate <laughs> you thing. You don't have the benefit of hindsight, right? <laughs> right. But UNLV but, did have the benefit of hindsight, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And they decided in 2007 to do a study on cloning Warren Buffett, assuming that you would only buy stocks when it was public information that Buffett bought the stock and sell it only when it was public information that Buffett sold it. Mm -hmm. And you would have to do it on the last day of the month that it became public and you would do it at the worst price. <clears throat> so they did this study. The worst price on it. that day or the worst price of the whole month? On that day. Okay. Worst price on that day. And so they took a lot of the sort of, you know, the, the luck factor out of it, I guess. And they did it from 1976 data all the way through 2006 data. And do you remember the compounded return? It was something around 20% ballpark. Yeah, I think it was a little more than 20%. Might have been, might have been a bit more. I have it. I feel like I have it but saved on my I computer I did the math somewhere. on this. And if you had invested following this exact strategy, $5,000 a year in your Roth IRA, you would have come out at the end of 30 years with something like, I don't know, $14 million or 15, you would have been multi, multi-millionaire mm -hmm. on $5,000 a year. So $150,000 invested over 30 years, you end up with like 15 million bucks. So it was, it's any case, now well, we can all do it. And the, the interesting part is that the second thing that you said was, what was the first? Okay, guys, my brain is not back to normal. Let me just be very clear about that. So the first part was you have to know the information, right? You have to know you can do it. Oh, you have to and know you can you do to it. To, True. And then you got to use the And then the second part is you have to actually do it. And I think what a lot of us struggle with is the actually doing it part because of what I just said, which is you don't know if they're right or not. So without the knowledge that you can go and check it out and do an overview of a company and try to see if it's something you actually agree with, I think it is like frankly, way terrifying to just follow somebody else into it. But that's right. what I think is so cool about combining knowledge with copying somebody or taking ideas from them. Like yes. it's the perfect match, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, what you're saying is so true. We, I, the, the guy that um, was in uh, the big short, Michael Burry, he was this amazing guy who um, had hedge fund money and he shorted, found a way to short the, uh, the, the uh, mortgage bonds. And, and he had investors in the movie were screaming at him. They wanted their money back and he made them several billion dollars. And so we like to follow Burry. He's, he's very much a rule one type investor, he, very small number of companies that he buys. And um, we track him. 
And we look at his investment and it's like, okay, he's buying this company. And then we look at this company and it's this train wreck of a company. It's got massive debt. It's got, it's like this company we would never get near, right? It just violates everything. Yeah. And so we, we can't buy those. I, as much as I'm thinking this guy's a genius and here it is right in front of me, like this genius effectively has called me up on the phone and said, Hey, Phil, I'm buying this company, right? Once every quarter, I get that information from him. And I still can't bring myself to buy it because I don't understand the company. I don't get it. Why in the world is he doing this one? And it turns out, as, as we were looking at some of the things he was doing recently, he wasn't buying these as long-term investments at all. He was buying these as kind of speculative. Hmm. I'm pretty sure they're going to go up. Uh, I could be wrong. He got, he did four of those like that. We couldn't understand a single one of them. And he got three right. One, totally wrong. What makes you right. take that interpretation? Is it that he sold them the next quarter? Yeah, okay. gone. Yeah, they 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 popped and he took the money and ran. Mm-hmm. So this is not, so you got to know that. You got to know that this guy who is one of the best investors in the world and loves to buy things and hold them forever and kind of stuff. Yeah, except when he doesn't. And then yeah, I how- mean, but, well, I got to say, that's your interpretation. Maybe something changed in his analysis. Maybe Could he didn't intend be. to hold it. Maybe he did intend to hold it for a really long time and then changed his mind. You know, you don't know. Sure. But the you point is, know. the point is you looked at this, you thought it was crap and he sold it the next quarter. <laughs> right. And he made a ton of money. And it, it's like, <laughs> it's like, okay, but I don't know how to do that. So I'm, I, I can't use that as a viable investing strategy for me, that would just be praying that he knew what he was doing. And I don't, I'm not going to do that. Which is where it's so important to know, know thine, know thyself, know thyself. (laughs) I was going to say thine self, but I knew that wasn't right. To thine own self be true. Know thyself. Um, Because you know that that, that doesn't work for you, but it, it might work really well for him. And, and being self-aware about that is, everything. I was just talking to a friend who's buying a house and we were talking about the mortgage and which mortgage option she should choose. And my advice was just do what makes you feel really comfortable and safe with this mortgage. Like if you're someone who was like, is it, should I, should I pick the fixed or should I pick the variable? I'm like, you know, some people love watching interest rates and knowing that they could maybe get a better deal if they do X, Y, and Z and they watch it all the time and it's just part of their lives and it's fun to them and they would rather take the risk and get a better deal. And other people just want to like buy it and set it and forget it and never think again about the interest rate and know exactly how much money they have to pay. And I said, it's just, I can't give you advice about that. Like that's something you have to decide for yourself, which style do you want to be what do you want to be thinking about every month? And, um, and I think it's the same with, you know, that's house investing and what's the same with stock investing. Yes. Yes. And I mean, for me, I, I have to play the game I can win. Right. I mean, I, you, you, if you want to win at tennis, you can really practice and, and get really, 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 really good. Or you can just play somebody who's a lot worse than you are. What? Those two things do not go together. (laughs) I think what you mean, if you want to feel really good at tennis. (laughs) If you want to win. If you want to win. So I I have to do stuff that's really easy is what I'm saying. 
I can't, I can't do the Michael Burry kinds of stuff. He's got a giant IQ. I mean, this guy was making great investments while in medical school at Stanford. He was spending most of his time investing. And as I'm just not that guy, right? I have to play the game where it's not the higher IQ that wins. It's patience. It's plodding along. It's it's laziness bordering on sloth and just being willing to be so patient in a way that really fund managers can't be. He, they're competing to hold on to their capital from these big, huge pension funds, and they, they have to keep going and, and be successful against the market this month and next month and the next month. And we don't have to do that. So I, I need a game that I can win and that's easy to win. So that I have to play the game that way, right? So you mm-hmm. got to figure it out for yourself. What's what's I mean I have students of ours that are fabulous options traders. Me I I do options to protect myself. I I'd use them the way a farmer uses options. Right? I'm not an options trader out there, you know, banging out 50% returns or trying to and it's you know each 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 of these tools needs to be used the way you use it best. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Each of these tools need to be used the way you use it best. And so, and to find the way that keeps each of us engaged and excited and interested right on. is really important. That's something I've been working on. Not really working because I'm not supposed to work, but thinking a lot about... <laughs> Busted. Busted. I've been thinking a lot inside my head about how to make my processes better because that's what I'm obsessed with in my life. inside my head about (laughs) things I'm thinking about. About thoughts and how they can be more interesting. More (laughs) thinking-like. So 13 Fs, to bring us back. Yeah, yeah. 13 Fs are a form, it's the name of a form for the SEC, that the... Investors who have $100 million or more under management have to complete and file on a quarterly basis. And that makes their, and what that form does is tell you what changes they've made in their portfolio. Number of shares they bought, number of shares they've sold. Now, there's some rules about this. They don't have to tell the SEC anything that they're sold that they're that they're short on right correct in other words yes. if they don't own the stock and they sell it by borrowing the stock they don't have to tell the SECs that so you have to be a little aware that that the portfolio may not be quite what it looks like um just you're just looking at the long side um so they it's, don't have to tell you options yeah, either it's also only us securities just us securities which is another big hole in it and um, one of the reasons we're doing this on this podcast is because the Securities Exchange Commission in the United States is considering changing the rules around who has to file a 13F. And Actually, I we, think that's not going to happen. I think they're not going to change the rules. Oh, that's fantastic to hear. This is coming I mean, out of like a fever dream from two months ago. But I know that somebody sent me an article about, because I was, because we had talked about it and... Um, and I was looking into it and I think they've, somebody sent me an article saying that they've decided not to go ahead with that because um, the disclosures are more important uh, from a public interest point of view than the regulatory burden put on these firms, which is high. It is high, but um, I certainly agree with that. And I think it's, 
it. Uh, so it's helpful to worth the little it. guy. Yeah. We asked, we but it's asked, not. It's not just about being helpful to the little guy. It's about requiring these funds that are managing. I mean, hundred million is a very large amount of money. It sounds like it's not because when you have funds that are like three billion or whatever, it sounds tiny. But it's a lot of money. And it's important for them to be transparent about what they own and what they're doing. Yep. Fair guess. I guess you can, you can make the case. Of course, nobody likes it that has to do it because... Everybody um, hates it. The problem is that, it, that people clone you. <laughs> yeah. And if you're very large, it makes it more difficult for you to get your full position in. Um, and, and that means it might take you a year or so to actually get your position large enough where it you know, a really good result isn't just a rounding error. The so, other reason everybody hates it is that then they get questions about what they own or what they sold. Hmm. And that's annoying. You can refuse annoying. to answer them all you want, but you still get the questions. Right, exactly. But it is a huge, huge help to small investors. So we asked our 180,000 students to please write the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> so it was you then. <laughs> we bombed them. I, I, I don't have any idea how many people actually did it, but I, we, a lot of us did it. And, um, and that's great. I hope they, they stay away from that. They were going to change it. Their, their proposal was to change it to those investors that were just large investors, the $3.5 billion or more, um, which meant actually a pretty decent number of the 46 gurus that we track would have stayed trackable. Um, but we would have lost some really, really good ones at the, toward the lower end of all this. Guys like Manesh Prabhai, Guy Spear, we, they wouldn't have to file. And I really do enjoy looking over their shoulders. I actually totally love it. And um, I don't know that it really hurts their returns. I, I, I don't really think it does. But, I don't think it hurts their returns. I think it's just annoying. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a expensive. It's, it's you have to annoying. do the filing. You have to handle the compliance. And right. it takes time. And people know what you own. And it's annoying. I am generally against regulation except where it really helps me. <laughs> 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 Sounds like a standard libertarian, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like, Sounds no, like don't, everybody, don't, frankly. Yeah, right. <laughs> so 13 Fs. So. So how do you get them? Let's, since you mentioned Michael Burry, let's look him up. Oh, well, how would we do that? I well, have to say. There are a number of methods. So method one, which my dad hates, is you can go straight to the source to the Edgar SEC website. Oh, I'm um, so doing this. Why I don't know me? why it's called Edgar. It's an acronym. I don't know what it's for. Who cares? So Go to the SEC company search. Wait a second. I'm going to sec.gov, right? I just always put in SEC Edgar and it takes me there. SEC, just all one word. No, no, SEC one word, Edgar word two. And then if you really want to save yourself from searching, then put in company search. Company search. Okay, I'm writing this in a Google... Question, SEC, Edgar, company, search, go. And I have sec.gov forward slash Edgar forward slash search Edgar forward slash company search. And I am on the company search page. That was cool, Danielle. Thank you. Now what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so <laughs> how to Google on invested podcasts. Um, so then... 
what you would need to know is what is Michael Burry's fund's name? Because it's not going to be under his personal name. It's going to be under his fund. I'm going to share my screen. Oh, because we're videotaping this. You you disabled me. Can you enable me? Oh, golly. Okay. Okay. Somehow. So on the video, we'll show you this thing. It takes a minute here. Did that let you share? It did. All right. Perfect. Um, So what you need to know as my dad gets his stuff together is the name of Michael Burry. Yes, there it is. And by the way, that's an updated version. It used to be much worse. It sure did. (laughs) So you need to know his fund name. Dad, do you know the name of Michael Burry's fund? No idea. Okay. So then what you would do or what I would do. Wait, all I know is Michael Burry. So let me put in Burry. That's not going to get you there. Yeah, it did. It got Michael J. Burry. That's going to get his personal buys and sells. (laughs) This is what I hate about the government. Oh, yeah, it's the government. Come on. it's They don't file personally, and there are many reasons for that. They file under the fund. Excuse me, but you can go to Whale Wisdom, Data Roma, the Toolbox, and do exactly that, and you would get everything. You could, but what we're looking up are legal So the only difference is government. So the only difference is accuracy. Okay, fine. So now What what I would do is open up another tab. And write, what is the name of Michael Burry's fund? All right. Coming up. Here we go. What is the name of Burry's fund? Oh, look at that in giant letters. Should have known that from the Scion Capital. Oh, Scion. Okay. Now here's the fun part, what you're really going to (laughs) hate. Scion put in Cap- Scion, Scion Capital Wait, into the would I have Edgar. Known that? Scion Capital. Yes, I would have known that. Scion Capital. Capital. Okay, I got Scion Capital. And you see there are two options that come there up. There are. There's a capital Now, this group. is the part that involves you just have to click on both of them to find out which <laughs> involves? one. Yep. Clicking on all of them. So I clicked on the first one. Let's okay. see what it says. Oh, look at that. 13F. It was the first one. Scion oh, yeah. Capital LLC. Now, because I'm a nerd, I go back and I check the second one to make sure that I didn't get somehow two of them. Nope. That one. Oh, no, wait. This is I'm going to go to the Scion Capital group now. Nope. I was wrong. Okay. So this is why you check both of them. Oh, I love this. Um, so the first one was correct, but it was his old fund from oh. before he closed it down after the whole financial crisis meltdown when he decided he didn't want investors anymore. Whoa, he shut whoa, down whoa, his whoa. fund. Well, I'm looking over here at the filing dates on Scion Capital Group, LLC, and it looks like they're filed fairly recently. So these that's, look so like that's the, recent the current course. one. Yeah. That's the current one. So if we so go back Scion to the Capital other one, L- So I opened them both in two tabs. Oh, look at that. It's 09, 08, yeah. 07. That would be useless to us. It would. Unless you like historical stuff. So, okay. Very so good. So I personally think it's quite important to know what the proper name of the fund is that mm. I'm following because there can be multiple. There was one I looked up. Oh my gosh, who was that? 
like Seth Klarman or some 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 somebody who has mucho bucks, lots of money, multiple entities, mm-hmm. and um, and I think there were seven different filings that this guy was involved in in various ways. So I just looked at all of them just to make sure. I I was pretty sure I knew which one was the fund, but um, I just wanted to make sure I knew. So I checked out all of them. It takes you know an extra three or four minutes, and that way I know. Which one is the correct fund to be following? Okay. So, Scion Capital Group, comma, LLC is our Michael Burry one. Right. Then what Scion you do, Capital. where are you now? Because I'm looking at my I'm screen getting over too. Scion Capital Group, LLC. Yeah. And then I've got the 13F, the most recent one. Looks right. like this 2020-11-16. So, that would be just filed it, like. Last so week. that's the latest one. So then click so, on documents. Documents. And then click on, I like to look at the HTML. So click on primary HTML. What's, what's, what's an HTML or an XML? What are those? Um, XML is a different form that I do not understand. <laughs> okay, so HTML. <laughs> All right. I'm clicking HTML. And it is saying, okay, here's a cut. Now this is about where I start to get really like, okay, here we go. Documents, documents, documents. I got a cover page. Now what? Is it only the cover page? I mean, I haven't looked this up in advance. I don't know. I have the cover page. Oh, yes, you're right. Oh, it's just a notice. So, oh, they checked notice. Okay. Check here if no holdings reported are in this report. Are yeah. all holdings are reported by other reporting managers? 13F NT. So, yeah, there's no holdings in there. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Now I'm getting really curious. If I go over to, let's say, Dataroma. Yeah. Dataroma shows, shows a filing. So, here we go. For September. Dataroma. And I'm now on Dataroma's website, and I'm going to go to Super Investors, and I get an ad, and it lists everybody by their first name. So this is Michael. Michael Burry, Scion Asset Management, which is a different name than the one we had before. This is the third name we now have. Yeah, that's the thing. Dataroma doesn't use the proper name of the fund. It uses like the name that they use publicly. So mm-hmm. I am very curious. So here about we go. This. We have a filing as of the 30th of September. That would be the Q3 filing, which would be that November filing. And the definitely reduced GameStop. GameStop was one of the ones I was just talking about. We can't figure out, we couldn't figure out GameStop. Um, looked like they could go bankrupt at one point. He bought more Facebook, which is really interesting because Facebook ain't cheap. And he just added more to it, another 50,000 shares. So 8% of his portfolio is now devoted to Facebook, which is a big chunk. Now, one one quick thing here while I'm just blurring, uh, bl- blathering on about this is that it shows a portfolio value of $154 million. And it's very, very important to know that all of these ratios are based on that number right there. And that may not be the size of the portfolio. It likely is not the size of the portfolio, in fact. And I think 
Michael Burry's portfolio is more like about $320 million. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Which means these are really radically wrong percentages. In other words, he might only have 5% of his portfolio in GameStop, 4% in Facebook, and so on. So while these look quite large, if he's got a lot of money in foreign stocks or a lot of money in cash or a lot of money on short positions, it's not going to be accurate. These are not going to accurately display. I want to know how you know that he has more funds under management. But wait, before you get to that, I just want to wrap this thing up. Okay, I figured it out. This Mm. is what's so amazing about using the SEC Edgar website is you get to (laughs) really figure out what is happening with this fund and track it from all the different entities they're using or used to use so you can actually understand it instead of being blinded by beautiful data being presented to you. I understand the desire for beautiful data. I also love it, but oh my gosh. Okay. So all well, I did this is, to, to me, this is a victory of higher IQ versus normal people. I, just, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> all right. So all so I right did, now, let me at, just say what I did so that then we can move on. Perfect. How okay. did you find it? So all I did is I Googled Bury 13F fund, hoping to get the name of the fund, the actual name. So it is indeed Scion Asset Management, which is what Dataruma has as well. Scion Asset Management, comma, LLC. So then I put in Scion Asset Management, comma, LLC into the Edgar website search and it came up, whereas it did not come up on the first time that we only put in Scion. So you have to know kind of what you're looking for, which is very cool. And also by not knowing, we found these like mysterious funds that are, that are so ancillary. I so my case about what a ridiculous website the SEC has built here compared to just some it people is, in private cab. Just it's just private people. Showing us the legal filings. That's oh. all it does. Yeah. So and now without that a brain at all. Wait, listen, I so now nothing, that I put no, in Scion wait, no Asset companies. Scion Asset Management, comma LLC. Oh, you're and this kidding. one is a 13F-HR. 13F-NT means that they're not going to tell you any holdings. 13F-HR means it does have holdings. Wait, and wait, I'm not getting anything. You're not? No. Put in okay. Scion Asset. Scion Asset and then it came up, comma LLC. Well, you don't have to put in the LLC. Scion Asset will bring it up. Scion Asset. You've got okay. Scion Asset Partners is the first one, and then Scion Asset Management is the second one. Search. You're right. You know what I put in? You ready for how stupid this website is? Yes. I put in Scion Asset Management, comma LLC, and it told me there was nothing there. <laughs> Well, that's stupid. Watch. Let's do it again. I mean, this is unbelievable. Okay. Cyan Asset Management LLC. There it is. Am I misspelling anything? Maybe I can't use capitals. There it is. It's right there. It's right below. Wait, I'm going to click search. No, you you don't have to click. Okay. Oh my gosh. And what comes up? 
No matching companies. It was right there. It was showing up for you automatically. Where did it go? Oh my gosh. This is like showing your grandpa how to use the internet. Okay, wait. So here I am. Scion Asset Management, there's nothing on the page. No, 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 no. You uh, you have hands. to, it shows it in automatic lookup. Click on the end, delete there, click on the end, delete the C, go back, keep going back, delete, delete, delete. Oh my gosh. Scion. There we go. Asset Management. Put in asset. <sighs> this is like torture. Okay. No, you're putting, okay, just forget it. You're putting in too <laughs> many words. <laughs> I, can't I am so. This, this, is, this proving is like everything I believed about this website. Proving it. God a forbid. Of a doubt, one should have to search. It's totally screwed up and written by people who are on okay, government. I'm taking your video payrolls. off. I'm going to put my video on. Okay. I am now going to stop sharing. You go ahead. Your turn. <laughs> okay. But make it snappy. Because this has already proven everything I wanted to show you. Oh, make it snappy, huh? Mm -hmm. About Mm -hmm. the SEC website? Oh, never mind. Okay. Voila. Now, here we are. This is what Scion owns. It's very long, and it has multiple uh, entries for the same company sometimes. So it is, to your point, Dad, very annoying. Thank you. There you go. Thank you. But it is the data from the source. So if you're somebody who's good with Excel, what a lot of people do if they're good with Excel is copy this data in and make their own tables and own charts so that they can chop and dice the data in any way they want. Now, I think it's important to know where this stuff come from because otherwise you don't know when something's wrong with it. But a much easier way to do it... (laughs) (laughs) is to go now to a talking. website such as Rule One's website or Data Roma, which I have right here, <laughs> <laughs> which will tell That's us right. exactly what he owns and sold and even helpfully tells us like in what percentages he bought or sold, which yes. the SEC will not tell us. No, they so, won't. It's uh, it's very nice and very helpful and very available. It's fantastic. It's ad supported, so anybody can use it. I'm yeah, a big fan. So, so this is this is a fantastic um, tool that you all should be using. Um, no question about it. And I, um, I'm just going to tell you right now, we use it all the time, every quarter. Most of the gurus, and by the way, there's like eight thousand or more gurus that are tracked by the SEC. And the vast majority of them will not do you any good to look at at all um, because they are just tracking hundreds of companies. <coughs> so you have no idea how, or even if they're committed at all to a company, if they're just buying it because other people bought it. Um, so the vast majority of those fund managers are and they're cloning each other and just trying to stay with the market. What we're looking for are very specific signs that this person is our kind of investor. And the easiest one to spot is simply the number of companies the person owns. That's just the easiest one. If they own less than 20 companies, they almost are certainly our kind of investor because that means that they're putting in 
on average, 5% of their portfolio into one business. And this is really scary for the vast majority of people who are managing money. They don't want to get that committed to anything because they don't have that level of certainty and they're not doing that kind of research. So this is rule one style investing. You're going to end up with a very small number of companies. And so we're looking for people who are gurus who have that same characteristic. So that would be the thing I'd be looking for on Data Roma, Whale Wisdom over on our toolbox and so on. I would like to know how you knew that Michael Burry or Scion has way more funds under management than are appearing on these 13 Fs. Um, we're going to have to go into that later because it's oh. a little bit of a secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. But I will tell you, it's very important. If you look at something and someone owns 25% of their portfolios in this one company or 47% of the portfolios in one company, you really need to know what the big picture is. Right. So you can look up somebody like Prem Watsa and it looks like he has almost 50% of his portfolio in one company. And he doesn't. It, it's not even remotely near that. Because what's not showing is the vast majority of the money that he's actually managing. And that's because a lot of it's invested in foreign companies, a lot of it's in cash and so on. So that's just, Yeah. So you gotta you gotta be able to find that out. We'll talk about that next time. I think All that's right. a good thing to check we'll out. We'll talk about that next time. All right, so there you go, 13 Fs, you guys. Get on it. Start cloning your little selves. And what you do with the clone stuff, by the way, is use it as a starting point for building your watch list. That's what you're going to do. Well, and what we wanted to look at is kind of, you know, what these guys are buying and selling in this crazy time here, which cool. is going to require some slicing and dicing of the data. So that's that a thing that fun. I started and didn't finish. This week. <laughs> <laughs> next week. Time to go have Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's almost I Thanksgiving. Know. Happy Thanksgiving, honey. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we are, of course, separated as are almost everybody's families. Oh, miss you and I know. Me too. But it's okay. It's important to we'll zoom it. stay we'll zoom safe and be dinner. separated. And uh, I don't know. What else is there to say about that? Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Yeah. All right, you guys, be safe out there. Really, COVID, if you're in the U.S., COVID is really rocketing. If you're so, everywhere, oh my yeah, gosh, it's so bad in Switzerland. It could be a real rough two months, so be very careful and try not oh, to Oh, I have sick. a general comment, which okay. if it helps even one person, I will be glad that I said. When you're, like a lot of people are planning outdoor gatherings, which is great, but even like still, I would say, please wear a mask. And I'm saying this as somebody who's been sick for three months and probably won't get better for a while. So wear a mask if you can, even if you're outside. But the important thing that I want to mention is that as you like get sort of festive and people start talking and it's fun, we all tend to like lean in a little bit to hear each other better. And you start feeling more comfortable after you've been together for half an hour, an hour and especially once there's like a little wine, you know, you start feeling like, oh, you know what? We love each other so much. It's fine. Just keep it in the back of our minds. It's not fine. Like stay apart. Wear the mask if you can. Take it off just to eat and drink. Put it back on. Just stay apart. Don't get this thing. That's my Thanksgiving message. Amen. 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 
All right, babe. I feel like Love I'm you, such honey. a downer every time I come on here. <laughs> We're really happy you're getting well. Baby. I just want everybody, everybody to not do this, not go through this. All right. I'm Time thankful to go play. For, <laughs> I'm thankful for life. <laughs> See you guys next time. Oh my gosh, you're trying to get rid of me now. Okay. Yes, we are. Bye. All right. Bye. See ya. Hi guys, thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding. They really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And I'm really important. It's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that. You're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I really hope you enjoyed it.